0: Welcome to the One Small Change podcast with me, Dr. Simon Chard. I'm a cosmetic dentist, public speaker, and startup entrepreneur, but most importantly, I'm a lifelong disciple of self-improvement and optimization. In this podcast, we present conversations with world-class industry leaders, sharing their expertise in high performance, spirituality, business, and health. It's my job to dissect their key behaviours, routines and mindsets so that you can implement them today to create balance and success in your life. Hi guys, welcome to the Once More Change podcast, episode six today. And on today's show, we have Brini Lee. Uh, now, Breeny is a YouTube sensation, love and life coach and host of her own podcast, Pep Talk, which is getting rave reviews. Uh, and I've listened to a few episodes myself. Really, really interesting, short tidbits on um, on a variety of different, really exciting topics. But Brini is one of the most well-known faces on YouTube with over half a million loyal subscribers and has recently been chosen by YouTube to head up their Black Voices campaign, which I'm sure we'll talk about later on. Her videos have received well over 20 million views in total, which is just insane numbers. Uh, And Brini started her life on YouTube doing more makeup, hair, beauty sort of tutorials, but has developed into into so much more than that now creating content that really motivates provides confidence and self-love and, and breaks down a lot of really really tough topics actually and she hits those head-on so i'm really looking forward to getting into that today mm-hmm. uh, i've had the pleasure of knowing Bruni for the last few years um uh, i helped her with her smile and and Brini very kindly did a youtube video on this um, which has had over a quarter million views, and and I can speak from personal experience when I say she really does have a cult following because I, I still have <laughs> new patients coming to see me almost every week three years later wow. on from from all over the country and, and inquiries from all over the world. So I, I definitely thank you for that, Brins. But how are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. And I think that was the best introduction I've ever had to be honest. Oh, that's good.
0: That's good. Well, yeah. it's all, all all very true. All very true. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, as I mentioned, I mean, let's kick off, uh, as I mentioned, you, you started, you've, you've had over 20 million uh, views on your videos, which is just insane. I know you started back in 2013, I guess, kind yeah. of in, in the early days of YouTube, but like everyone, you started on zero followers. And so I'd, I'd love to hear a bit about your journey, how you fell onto YouTube, how it all started and and how you've moved on to where you are today.
1: Yeah, so I started my channel in 2013 um and but i only started posting in 2014 and i started posting um just makeup and beauty hair reviews mainly because a lot of my followers on instagram wanted me to start um a youtube channel and i wasn't too fond of it i didn't really have that much confidence in my ability to shoot and film i was more so a picture girl um taking pretty pictures and blogging and stuff like that so I jumped onto YouTube and I started doing a lot of hair reviews um a lot of um outfit the days and just kind of fun stuff very um outside stuff and um I started to grow my following till about till I got to about 40,000 I don't know how it happened consistency um people like what they like they find you somehow and then they start following you um but when I got to around 40,000 I noticed that um I didn't really feel like I was adding much value to people, as a, um, a apart from pretty outfits, pretty hair, pretty makeup, which a lot of people on YouTube are already doing. So I kind of had to find my niche. So I was my sister was managing me at the time, and she said to me, "Why don't you start doing talking videos, give advice?" And I I'd never been a person to really give advice, apart from to my friends and family, which they'd never listened to. <laughs> and so I thought what can I really add value to what can I really add to people when I started doing some videos and they just blew up and I kind of built my brand uh, uh, upon just being like the YouTube's big sis um giving advice um things that I've been through past experiences life in general my life now my life my life in the past my life going forward and I've managed to keep a following of almost half a million, which is absolutely crazy. When yeah. I first started, um, I never thought I would ever reach half a million. I didn't even think I'd reach um, 100,000. And I did. And yeah, I'm grateful to be honest.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's an, it's an incredible following that you've built. And I mean, is it, is it do you find it a lot of work? I mean, you, you put up quite a lot of videos. I know, knowing you, you put a lot into them. Do you find it to be uh something that you still maintaining that passion? I mean, what is it, eight years now that you've been doing YouTube for? Do you still have that same passion that you started with?
1: Yeah, I feel like I have a passion. I have, I still have the passion because I feel like I maintained it by consistency. And I always feel like I have so much to offer. I could, I could be making, I could make videos until I die. That's how much content I believe I've got. Um, and so I believe in myself. And I think that's the first thing, believing in yourself and believing in what you say. I watch my own videos back and I'm like, oh my God, yes, this is amazing. Like, I'm like, <laughs> and it sounds really cringy, but I actually believe in what I'm saying. And I actually, it actually helps me first before I can help other people. So I have managed to keep the passion, even though there's sides to YouTube that aren't fun, editing, um, uploading, um analytics all that kind of business kind of uh, nerdy stuff i was never really good at school so um i don't really enjoy that part and i have a low um attention span <laughs> mm-hmm. so those parts of it maybe not but um uh the creating content is my life
0: awesome and i mean you, you mentioned their confidence um, and confidence I think is a it's probably an overused word on online um, but it's something that you've as I mentioned in the intro a lot of your content is around self-love self-confidence trying to build that up in other people which I think is wicked uh, and it's definitely something that with this podcast I hope to do as well because it, it's um, it's something that, that requires training so I mean would you have you always categorized yourself as a confident person do you think this is the way you've always been is it something that you think people could learn to do like what what are your thoughts on that?
1: I always say this, like I feel like I was um, conceited first (laughs) before I was confident. So it was kind of like a full sense of confidence. I was kind of a bit in love with myself (laughs) in an unhealthy way. And um, I think that was based on insecurity though. But as I've grown and I've actually genuinely liked who I am um, and not in in a negative, obsessive way, but in a way that I like myself and now I'm sharing myself with the world. Um, I feel like you can grow confidence because I believe that we're all born with confidence. However, there's something that happens in our lives that snatches our confidence, that makes our confidence go down. So now it's all about regaining confidence. And And I feel like you have to work on your confidence every year, even if you are confident it's something that you have to keep on working on because there are going to be times when you don't feel confident in a certain area. There's going to be times when people are being negative to you. There's going to be times when you make, when you have losses in your life and it's just like, um, always rebuilding that confidence.
0: So you've recently been chosen as one of YouTube's black voices. Uh, a big congratulations on that. I know I saw you are on sort of a huge, uh, billboard in Westfield, I think. Um, and, uh, Tell tell me more about this project. Tell me what it's all about. Tell me why why you think it's important and and why you've chosen to be involved with it.
1: Yeah, I think the project came from um, the whole Black Lives Matter movement that happened in March. And I think it's a way just to elevate our voices because in the mainstream, we don't necessarily get as much um, exposure. So it's a way to um, elevate us, to kind of bring us to the forefront and to also help us to continue creating good content. Because most of us have been on YouTube for... a a very long time. And I think it's just a way to elevate our voices. So we're going to get training, we're going to get a grant, and just kind of a way to uplift um, the community.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, it sounds sounds really positive. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the Black Lives movement um, uh, movement that happened last year. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, how did that affect you personally? Um is it something I imagine it was something that created a lot of emotion for you. Um I'd yes. love to hear what your thoughts are on it.
1: Yeah. Um oh, it's there's such a long history and it's like where do you even start? Do you start from the beginning or do you start from where you're at now? But I think as a black as the black community, whether you're in America, whether you're in whether you're in South Africa, whether you're in Africa, whether you're in the UK, we all have this connection. And um so we feel each other's pain. Um, so I wrote a post about it on my Instagram I said it's uh, racism is not an American issue which a lot of people in the UK feel like it's this American issue but I find that being out in the UK I don't have to be called the n-word to face racism it's just the microaggressions like going out and not feeling comfortable to uh, to walk behind certain people just having uh, preconceived notions that Okay, just being judged before being known. Um, and I think a lot of Black people walk around with that judgment of feeling like a criminal when you haven't done anything. And I think um, for me, it's personal because I've obviously experienced that in my life and the people that I know have experienced it and that the whole police brutality has been going on for a long time, but it hasn't been seen. And so now we're in the 21st century and we have camera phones to actually record it. Now we're Now the world is seeing what we experience on a daily basis and I think it's important for us to raise awareness of that just so that we just so that we others are aware and that they don't just think that we're just trying to be a victim because there are people within the black community that have a mindset a victim mindset but there are others of us who are trying our hardest to get ahead in this life but are still being hit hit with microaggressions, prejudice, racism and all those kind of things and so I think it's important for it to be a mainstream issue and it's a long time coming, it's a long time coming and we feel like our parents walked so that we can run and so these opportunity opportunities that are coming to us is well overdue. Um, so we are just, I'm grateful, I'm grateful we're, we're not where we was 10 years ago and I guess in another 10 years we'll be better off, better off. than we are now.
0: Yeah, I hope so, for sure. I mean, It's just about fairness, isn't it? All of these things are around fairness and justness and life isn't fair in many ways, but the things that we can control as a society, we should be actively controlling. And I think the more we talk about these things, the more we communicate, even on small things like this podcast and someone will listen to this and then it will just grow and grow and grow. Um yeah. and, it, and it's 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 a really positive thing. I think it's a really positive step forward. And you mentioned that yeah. you mentioned there the fact that camera phones and technology and the internet um, have brought these things to the light more. And, and I think that's really important. A really important element of the internet is that it is the big eye opener for everything. It, it 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 shines a light on even the darkest corners of, of the world and I, I don't mean Absolutely. that physically I mean I mean or metaphorically um yeah. but it, sh- it shines a light everywhere and and that hopefully will mean that as a society we realize that the sort of behavior that has existed for for hundreds well, hundreds of years will now yeah. fade away
1: yeah I think we we, we kind of tolerated it because we had to um but now that we're in a new age like you said social media there's so many things that we can rally together and make change because we all know that there's strength in numbers. I think before we kind of all felt isolated. I'm not just talking about Black Lives Matter, I'm talking about inclusivity in the modeling agency, in the modeling industry, the fashion industry, mm-hmm. inclusivity in that, um, gay rights, all this kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I think it's just rallying together. The internet has allowed us to rally together, come together and actually put our voices, and, yeah, and make the people listen, really.
0: Absolutely. And what are your thoughts on, and this might be a bit of a contentious issue, but what are your thoughts on, obviously, a lot of the big brands jumped on the Black Lives Matter movement on their social <laughs> medias, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. You, yeah. you mentioned modelling agencies, their fashion brands, uh, things like the Oscars, lots of times those those sort of big institutions which have always been around have been some of the most guilty when you look at their split of of excluding Uh, people of colour. What are your thoughts on that? Was that something that that was an issue for you at the time of the Black Lives Matter movement? How did you feel about all of that?
1: It's a it's a catch 22 situation, because you're grateful that they are saying something. But then you don't want it to become either a pity party, or you don't want it to be um, you don't want them to just get token We call it a token Black girl, a token Black person, just so they they can say, oh, we feel the quota. We want it to be genuine. And um, I'm grateful for the inclusivity, but I want it to, I want it to spark a bigger conversation um, as to why you felt in the past that Black people didn't deserve opportunities.
0: I, I want to talk about, um, something that popped up, uh, during my research for today's talk. Um, and it's, it was, it's actually a video that you posted back in 2017, right at the start of your soul surgery series, um, where you, you shaved your head or you had your head shaved, um, on a video. Uh, and I watched the video uh, a few days ago and certainly as the father of a, of a daughter, um, of a little girl, I found it really, really powerful. Um, and I'd love for you just to talk about what your thought processes were, were behind it, why you felt it was necessary, what it was like having a shaved head. I mean, there's so many questions, but yeah, what, how, did, how did it all come about?
1: Wow. Um, yeah. So back in 2017, I think I was going through like an identity crisis. So uh, back then, I was still getting adjusted to the internet. I was getting adjusted to being around a certain industry. Um, The influencer industry is kind of similar to the modern industry as you are judged by what you look like. And I felt like I had a moment just to kind of reflect back on my life and to realise all the times when I was covering myself, not being, and kind of, feeling like, okay, I'm confident now because I've changed this about myself because I'm wearing makeup because I'm, cause I've got new hair extensions, but I realized all the times that I was covering and the more covering I did is unhappier that I got. And so I became just so trapped and I don't know why, but I was, I think I was turning 25 and I was like, okay, I need, I need change. <laughs> I need change. I need to break out of this. This negative pattern and this negative pattern of thinking, so my idea was to shave my head for me personally, youtuber side um, but and I thought I'd document it because if i 'm experiencing it, I know a lot of people are experiencing it, and just my 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 thing at the time I was just I just felt ugly like just ugly, um, and so when I used to wear makeup or I used use hair extensions, it was to cover up for that insecurity that I felt. So soul surgery was for me stripping everything back and becoming okay with myself just as I am. And I think one of the most powerful ways to do that is just to shave it all all off, just to clean the face and just to show up, (laughs) just to show up as you are, like as baby, like as you could possibly be as an adult, you know? And so yes, having a shaved hair was so freeing. So, so, so freeing. And it taught me a lot about who I am and it and it helped me to love myself for who I am. Having a shaved head in the natural, it was very easy to get ready in the morning.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> very fast, very quick. And the funny thing is I probably got more attention with my head shaved and wearing no makeup than I do with extensions and makeup. And so now when I put my makeup on, it's not to cover, it's just part of my branding now, right? So not, I don't wear makeup seven days a week, but when I'm online, I'm gonna be wearing makeup because we li- we have a there's a culture online of putting your best foot forward and everybody does it. And I'm sure you know, working in a dental um, industry and just being a social media person as well, that you have to b- put your best work forward because if you don't then, yeah. But um, now when I wear makeup, it's not to hide and to cover. Whereas before I did. And so that soul surgery whole thing was just about me being free and freeing other people in the process.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I love I love the idea of just cleaning the slate clean. Yes. Um and, and certainly I I've I, I love the idea of um of going back to that childlike state. I think that there's there's so much to be gained by actually trying to go back to how we were as children in many ways with that. Yes big big imagination and n- not having a care in the world when there's a, my, my daughter's three she she there's a muddy puddle and you've never seen a child so happy as just <laughs> with this, just jumping up and down in, in a muddy puddle And I think actually a lot of the time we get just taken away by social media by the internet by work by the my by these all these little things that don't really matter and yeah. it's actually really freeing to go back and and just think I'm just going to take the pleasures out of the really small things here. Um, Yeah. And uh, so I think there's a lot to be said for that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Cool. So um, next question. Uh, You have this incredible ability to make the videos that you you make really personal, really casual, almost like you're having a one-on-one conversation with the viewer. But I'm sure you put a lot of effort in behind the scenes with regards to... The, the content, the topics. Uh, I know from experience, it's not easy just to just to freestyle um, really quite complicated conversations. So I'm sure you put a lot into it. I'd love to know a little bit more about your process, um, about yeah. how you create the content for the videos, how you film them, what your thought process is behind that, what your whole sort of structure is in the creation process.
1: Right, so I'm a thinker. I think nonstop. I don't overthink, but I do think. And I think at different angles and I'm very empathetic. And I think what you said about speaking to the audience as a one-to-one, I feel people's pain. And most of the stuff I talk about are things that I've been through. So I try my best to go back to that place, or if I'm still in it, go to that place and actually really dig deep and find out why. And I feel like I'm a very inquisitive person and I'm always asking why, which is why I love psychology so much because I always wanna know why. And I I know that there's a reason for everything. Um, So thinking a lot, taking notes, I have so many notes on my phone, it's ridiculous. And so when I'm actually thinking about a video title, probably like three times a day, I'll be thinking about something and I'll write it down in my notes. And then when it comes to actually uh, producing the content, I might write some notes on it or I might write the whole script depending on how I'm, how, I'm, how I'm feeling. So sometimes when my videos are like 40 minutes, I've written so much. And even when I'm recording it, it's like, wow, I've got so much here, but I didn't realise because I'm writing everything down. Um, So I feel like I'm a writer before I'm a speaker, but I feel like I have a gift of communication, of bringing forth the information in a clear, concise way. Uh, sometimes I watch my videos back and I'm like, okay, you could have said that more simpler, but to kind of, illustrate or to reinforce the point, I had to say it that way. And I feel like it's a more of a down to earth way of speaking as opposed to being very form, formula, formative, formative?
0: Yeah, is that a word? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like formulaic, you don't, you don't want to have yeah. too much structure. So it comes across artificial. You want exactly. to have just that nice balance so that actually you get the message across in a, in that personal way and you, and you deliver exactly. on that massively.
1: Yeah, exactly. Thank you.
0: And you film i mean i i looked through all your catalog on youtube um while i was doing my research and i I see that you sort of you made this switch into doing all your filming in the car and i'd love to know what your thought processes (laughs) were behind that
1: i'm trying to get out of the car but people are like get back in the car and film (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) i find with youtube like when you start doing something people get used to it and if you come out of it they you just won't get the same amount of views i don't know it's very funny um, yeah. But um, I don't know why I like, start... okay, this is the reason why I started filming in my car, because I was filming in my house, I kind of built a studio in my mum's dining room area, um, just to kind of film, and I had different backgrounds and stuff like that. And it was fun and it was easy. Um, so those were more like long form videos. But the idea of filming in my car was to make more short videos. So the idea was to actually have 15 minute videos and that went out the window. (laughs) 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 Like 30 minutes, 40 minutes, but it was to kind of do it short term. So it was kind of like, I'm sitting in my car, I whip out my camera, and I'm talking, not too much goes going into it, as opposed to like, setting up my studio and, you know, filming that way. So it was the idea, the whole idea of the car was just to make it more um, quick.
0: Yeah. And do you think that's, do you think that's for for, for young people? Well, for anyone trying to get into to creating YouTube videos themselves. Do you yeah. think that's the most important thing? Just just doing it and just getting out there as opposed oh, to yeah. the lighting and the camera you're using and all that sort of stuff?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think in the same breath, It's very important quality nowadays. You could have got away with quality being bad in 2012, 13, 14, 15, but nowadays the market is saturated. So it's all about standing out. So you have to have a good quality camera. It doesn't have to be expensive, but it has to be good quality. The sound also has to be amazing because if you have a good video, if you have something good to say, but your sound is off, people are switching off. Um, So that's why I make sure like full glam, (laughs) <laughs> Lighting is amazing, sound, video. I actually shoot on um, my Google Pixel phone, which a lot of people don't realise. I don't actually have a real camera. Well, I had a real camera until it stopped working. So I had to improvise and use my phone and I've just been using my phone ever since. And um, I bought a new like 2,000, 3,000 camera. I don't use it, <laughs> really? I don't use it. I use it for more professional stuff. But for filming in the car, I think people like the just, the real realness of it, you know?
0: yeah yeah and I think that definitely comes through yeah no no I mean on content you've you've become a, a I don't know you might not like this term but I think you've become a bit of a love guru um which <laughs> um which is a really interesting space to get into and it's, it's certainly not a, an area that I've ever delved into with my content but right <laughs> for, from 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 your from your point of view with with your experience what, what's the most common mistake you think people make when looking for love, when looking for a relationship, when they're in a relationship? Is there something that you, that you always see, that you always get messages about and that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, and it's one thing that I always talk about at the start of everything. So on, in my videos, I talk about self-worth, self-esteem um, and relationships, but they all tie in together. If you don't have self-worth, you don't, if you don't um, value yourself, if you don't rate yourself highly, you're gonna go into a relationship at a deficit as opposed to becoming an asset to someone, you're a liability and you become codependent, relying on them to give you what you can't give yourself. So for me, it's about becoming healthy and whole within yourself. And for me, and because I was single for so long, I learned how to be alone and I learned how to be alone and love being alone and being in my own company. And I always feel like people don't like being alone because they don't like sitting with themselves because a lot of negativity in their heads is constantly being um, recycled. And you wouldn't wanna be around someone who's constantly negative to you, I'm sure, but we sometimes can be the most negative people in our lives. And so once you get rid of all of that, once you become aware of the voices, you can, you're can you able to shut it down. So I would say to answer your question that it's being whole before you go into a relationship. And so you can do all the nine, sti- nine tips on how to get a man, but if you're not the person if you're not the person to be an asset in the relationship it's you're always going to make it, you're always going to ruin it
0: yeah absolutely always comes back to that self confidence piece doesn't it
1: yes absolutely
0: so i'm really interested to know um you're you you are a bit of a veteran of youtube now you're what seven eight years in yeah you don't have kids at the moment but if you were to have kids a daughter or a son would you want them to go into YouTube in the same way that you've done?
1: Mm. that's I've never been asked that question before mm. well wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah um I think if they're being if they're doing things that are positive, if they're doing things that are gonna add value to people. If they have a message they want to put out there, I think use whatever you can, whatever mediums out there. Obviously, we have Clubhouse now, we have Instagram, we have YouTube, we have TikTok. However you can get a positive message out, you can use whatever. So I'm not one of those, I won't be one of those parents that say, no, my children can never have YouTube. They may not be able to have a phone or social media, but they can create content. If they want to be in a business of creating content, then they can do that. But not to be online just aimlessly because you can get really caught up. So I always say that if I wasn't doing what I was doing now, I probably wouldn't be on social media. It would be of no benefit to me. Um, I'm on social media to elevate my voice and to uh, to add value to people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the most important thing. The more value you can add to others, the more yeah. enjoyment and more passion and purpose you, you drive for your, for yourself. I think. Exactly. um And I mean, you mentioned a few new platforms there. You are a social media expert in many ways. What are, <laughs> are you? Are you? Are you, uh, are you are you going in hard on Clubhouse? Are you, are you dancing on TikTok? What, what, how are you finding these, <laughs> these, these, these new platforms? Because I know that I'm certainly very, I mean, I'm on, I'm on all of them and, I, and I'm looking yeah. at the opportunities that are presenting themselves. But sometimes moving to a new platform when you're so comfortable, and when I'm, I'm very comfortable on Instagram, I'm forcing yeah. myself into the audio space with podcasting. <laughs> um, and it is, it's, it's always difficult when you start something new. So how are you finding these new platforms?
1: Oh, I completely agree. I'm at the same place with you um, as you on TikTok. Um, In the beginning, I was like, I'm not doing any dancing. I'm not doing any of that stuff. (laughs) But I was actually in a clubhouse with some girls, some influencer girls two weeks ago, and they told us to basically utilise every platform. So for me, and I actually got a message on Instagram yesterday saying that I should join TikTok and give advice on TikTok. So a lot of people, think, a lot of people think of TikTok as just dancing, music, all this kind of stuff. But you can actually be a person that is um, adding value, um, the content that you create. And there's a lot of people that do talking pieces, just quick, whatever. Like whatever I would do in a 30 minute video, I can make it into a 30 second video, just boom, 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 boom. Because a lot of people have a, t- a short attention span. But what I found is the beauty of TikTok is if you can become big on TikTok, every other platform you will grow. And I think that's the only platform whereby you can actually get so much growth in a short space of time um, than any other platform. Instagram for me um, is okay, but I have less followers on Instagram than I have on YouTube. And you think that if people follow me on YouTube, they'll follow me on Instagram, but it's not the case. However, I found that people who join TikTok can get a wider audience and then get a million um, Instagram followers, just like that. You know, it's all about utilizing the platform and using whatever you can, but I'm like you, I'm afraid of like leaving my comfort zone of YouTube um, to go on TikTok, but you have to, everyone starts as a beginner. And that's one thing that I have to tell myself, because sometimes when you grow and you you're big on a certain platform, you can kind of become like a big fish. You're like, Oh no, I'm too good for this. The actual fact fact is that you're scared. (laughs) You're scared of becoming a beginner again. And I think it's normal, but. For me like today I'm, I'm i'm using today to create some tiktok content so wish me luck um Good luck, but yeah i'm just, yeah, just going to utilize every platform because why the hell not
0: yeah absolutely i think you're i think you're bang on there i think cross-pollination um from one platform to another is is a really interesting way to grow everywhere uh, yes, and then as you say the more you grow the more the more value you can offer and the more you can push out I mean, talking of growth, talking of size, you get hundreds of comments on your YouTube videos. I mean, literally hundreds and hundreds on every video. I mean, I imagine the large majority of those are very, very positive. But I assume you also get your fair share of negativity, trolling. You're talking about some quite sensitive topics sometimes. And I'm sure a lot of people have quite passionate views about them that potentially disagree with with your point of view. Yeah. Are you, are you, are you, have, have you always been good at dealing with those have you struggled with those every time I know I struggle with them personally has it been something mm-hmm. that's come naturally to you or has it been something that's that's actually sort of quite affected you over time
1: the funny thing is when I first joined YouTube my first video got the most hate
0: <laughs> did it
1: <laughs> and I was so confused because I was like oh I thought this is a happy place but it wasn't <laughs> but the funny thing is is that a lot of um, people that were on YouTube were welcoming, welcoming me like oh welcome to YouTube so I got a lot of like attention from other YouTubers so obviously that's going to bring some of the trolls and their hate but I was so confused like I was I was just curling my hair I wasn't saying anything offensive <laughs> so I think that first introduction of um, hate kind of made me um, okay with it and I'll go on you- other people, you- other people's YouTube video and I'll always see dislikes you can have cats you can have a little newborn baby, so cute, and you'll have like a thousand dislikes, and it's like it comes with the territory. And I think you just have to realize and not take it personally, um, especially with the dislike and the like ratio. I may have a, I may have sixteen thousand likes and eight hundred dislikes. I'm not focusing the dislikes. I'm focusing the likes because the dislikes come with it, and I don't know those people, and I've never seen them in my life. So. You're not coming up to me and saying no, that video was rubbish. Like it's fine. It's just a, it's just a number on the screen, you know. Um, but when it comes to people disagreeing, I'm open because I'm open to learning. Um, if you disagree with something, if you have something else to add, i be like, oh, thank you for adding that. Great. Um, but it's not. A ne- it's not. Ne- it's never really um, anything that I will. I will get hate or like they hate me for my opinion. opinion. Yeah. yeah. Not yet. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> I That's haven't good. said anything. That's that
0: great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's great yeah i mean you've done very well there to be fair if you if you got the most negativity on your first video that must have been quite a hurdle to to cross um then yeah, to then, I'm, to then I'm build pretty, such a following
1: I'm, yeah i'm pretty tough skinned as well um i kind of have a very nonchalant attitude to a lot of things and i think that kind of helps i don't really internalize things a lot especially when people don't know me um, the people that have the power to hurt me are the people that know me um, but people I don't know on the internet is not going to really affect me that much.
0: And and do you not find do you, do you find that um, putting yourself out there so much on on YouTube it puts you into it doesn't put you into a vulnerable place? You don't feel that you have any vulnerability by by expressing yourself so deeply sometimes.
1: Oh yes, absolutely. I think that I am being transparent. I'm sharing parts of my journey that a lot of people will be ashamed of. Um, so, but I'm healed from that. That's why, that's why I share that. Um, if I wasn't, if it was still a sensitive topic for me and I put it out there and I was welcoming people's feedback, I'd probably be crushed. But I only share what I want people to know. Um, if I don't want people to know it, then I won't share it. And so then I'm protecting myself. So there's a difference between being transparent and exposing yourself. I find a lot of people expose themselves for money, for YouTube views, and it's not healthy. Um, I don't expose myself. I'm just transparent. I'm like, this is me. This is what I've been through, and I'm happy um, to share it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, f- I find social media can be quite a competitive place sometimes. Uh, and I'm sure there's there's various individuals who who are in a sim- similar space to you, and and people would sort of put put you against each other in some ways. What what are your views on communicate on uh, on competition? Sorry, is it a positive thing for you? Is it something that drives you, or is it something that's a negative and you, you don't really pay much attention to it?
1: It's kind of a bit of both. I'm very competitive. So <laughs> I, have to, I have to try not to compete with people. And um, I have to remind myself that certain people are not my competition. Um, even if someone's doing the same thing as me, they'll never be me so I focus more attention, I'm focused attention back onto my own garden and what I can control, and what I can do and if I'm looking at someone I should be looking at them for inspiration um, and saying seeing how can I do that in my own way Um, but naturally social media does create competition. If there was no likes, if there was no uh, follow account, if there were no comments there will be no competition. Everybody will just post happily, like, like in the beginning of Instagram, everybody will just post happily. But because we have numeric um, system, it creates competition. And it's good for advertisers, because it keeps people on, um, keeps people creating content to be, to outdo themselves and to outdo other people. I have to step away sometimes. And most of the times I post and I go, because it's my job. Um, I'm not, I don't like to look at a lot of people or whatever people are doing, because naturally when you look at someone else, whatever you have been doing always feels less than, whenever you compare yourself with someone else, whatever you do feels less than, you always feel like a loser. So I try just to, you know, (laughs) create my Instagram space how I want it um, and follow the people that inspire me and don't spend too much time on there. like I said, it's a job. So I post and I go, If I do want to go in there I'll just make sure I'm looking at like meme pages.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah absolutely I think I think you need you need to build your own filters around social media right that that you do control the information that hits you because the app is designed to hook you all the apps are designed to hook you and keep you on there and if you if you let all the information come in it will it will just consume you because you'll want better abs and a a nicer house and a a faster car and and all these things or or more followers or whatever your whatever your desires are um yeah the app will sort of try and fulfill that i think
1: yeah absolutely
0: (laughs) yeah it's 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 a dangerous place to be you you mentioned mental health there i know we've talked a lot about sort of self-development self-love and self-confidence and that sort of thing today Mm. are there any any things that you do in your own life that you've found to be particularly beneficial for your mental health do you is it exercise the meditation is it how what do you do do? what are your things you, you utilize
1: i pray a lot um i'm christian so i pray a lot um, I read the Bible the Bible is full of wisdom I get a lot of wisdom from from the Bible how to handle situ- certain situations how to handle life um I have great friends that I talk to I have a partner that I talk to and um, I probably talk to my partner more than any- anybody um and I just it's just for me just a way for me to just kind of sound off and so for me- mental health for me is um having a safe place because I give out a lot. I just need a place where I can be filled back up. And when I'm filled back up, then I, my mental health is a lot stronger. Um, Yeah, spending time with family, I'm going to see my nephew in Milton Keynes a little bit later. I just love babies, like babies give me energy. I don't know what it <laughs> is, but they just give me energy, they make me happy. Um, So like doing things like that, Um, taking time, being still being quiet, going for walks, um, journaling, Um and creating content actually, is actually a good form of mental health because I get to get it out there and that's a double whammy because I get to help people as well.
0: Awesome. Play, yeah. play lo- lots of stuff that you're doing there then. <laughs> um, so if uh, we're going to go into our final, final questions now. So if you had to use one word to describe what you stand for, what would it be?
1: Hmm. Power.
0: Wow tell us more
1: <laughs> power, and, power and knowing your your personal power um and that goes back to self-belief um and one of my favorite quotes is no one is you and that is your power and I think if a lot of people grasp that they wouldn't try to be like somebody else they would actually genuinely love what they have to offer and work on building that up and so the reason why I talk about, a lot about self-development is because every day I wake up like how could I be better How can I be better physically? How can I be better mentally, spiritually, emotionally? I'm always wanting to level up. Um, So power would power. And I think I want people to feel power when I'm speaking. I want people when they come into contact with me to feel power um, and to be and to feel powerful in their own lives.
0: Yeah, wicked. I love that. That's really, really good. Um, And finally, the question that I asked to, to all of the guests on this podcast What's the one small change that you've made that you wish you made earlier in your life?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Do you know what? Yeah, I was, I would say starting earlier. But I start, I started at 16. I started my self development journey at 16. And I don't know if I could get any younger than <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, I'll, if I have to say one thing, I'll say consistency. I've only learned that in the last five years. Um, just consistency at whatever you're doing, even in school. If I was more consistent, I may have got better grades. Not that that helps me any anyway now, but um, just to be consistent and to be disciplined, I would say.
0: Brilliant, <laughs> well, Brittany, Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm sure the listeners will get a lot out of our chat there. Thank um, you. This one. <laughs>
1: This has been the best interview that i i've ever had um the oh, that's that amazing asked, <laughs> yeah, the questions that you've asked me have been specific to me and what i talk about so yeah thank you so much it's an honor oh
0: um, that's really kind well I, I look forward to seeing you again soon and we'll have to get you back on the show um maybe in the in the next season and see how you're getting on and, and seeing how the uh the whole youtube black voices thing is going and i know you're you're yeah. launching a uh a life coaching service, I think at the moment yes, as well, aren't you? Yes,
1: I am. Yes, I am. Should be out by the end of the year, um, if all things go well. Um, and obviously, my, my podcast, the Pep Talk podcast is available on um, iTunes and Spotify and Google uh, uh, Google Podcasts. Um, so if anyone wants to check those out, they can check them out. You can find me on YouTube as well, Breeny Lee, and on Instagram. And um, yeah.
0: Cool. Thanks so much, Breen catch you on the next one thank you simon
1: bye
0: bye hi guys simon again here just one more thing before you guys go thank you so much for listening to the podcast i really hope it gave you an immense amount of value if i could ask just one thing of you all please subscribe to the podcast please share it please write a review if you enjoyed it Please talk to your friends about it. The bigger the podcast gets, the better the guests I can get on and the more value I can give back to you all. So that's it from me. I'll see you on the next one. And until next time, enjoy the ride.